my mission to listeners, if you, we, we've never really given you a mission or anything like that, but rather than telling people they're idiots, which they may be for having a bad stance on this virus, I would scream this contact tracing from the rooftops if you understand it. Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Basic Podcast. It's Brent here. Kareem Baruke and Adam Levy are joining me on the show. And today we're going to talk about, unfortunately, still the coronavirus. We're going to talk about the way that we believe, or especially I believe, that we can mitigate this crisis and mitigate this problem with a solution that already exists in the cryptocurrency space. There are companies working on this solution as we are seeing now, but zero knowledge ability to trace contacts is a solution that all sides of the aisle should be able to get on board with. So what is contact tracing? How could it possibly be zero knowledge? Do we want the government tracking us? We're going to go over all of that. We're going to explain how it works, the different companies that are already working on this. And then towards the end of the episode, we're going to talk about a future and a near future, not like one of those crazy futuristic things that we usually go into a near future where it's very easy to figure out if the place that you're going to is safe or not. How is that going to be accomplished? Better stick around to find out. A lot of great information on this episode. A lot of tangents, a lot of tangents in the middle, because unfortunately, everybody is being affected by this virus and everybody has their opinion on the virus and how it's being handled. While I will say being upfront about our biases, our podcast does tend to lean left, which is not normal in the cryptocurrency space. If you listen to kind of what we're saying, we only lean left in the sense that we are not on board with what's happening with with current administration in the United States. So some of us will lean further left than others, but don't take that to mean that this contract contact tracing app is any way different because of our biases. Know what they are, but listen to the facts that are being presented and how the application works and how the open source code works. In fact, there's a link in the show notes to their GitHub. You can see how many commits are being made on this and see how it works in real time. So is blockchain the answer? Are zero knowledge proofs the way we're going to get around this thing? Or maybe not? Find out now. Next episode of Crypto Basic Podcast is about to begin. All right, welcome to another episode. The team is here. What's up, team? Yo, yo, yo. That was Adam. Kareem was with the blah noise. Hola. Wow, that is It was hola. Jeez. Wow, a blah noise. Obviously, I don't speak Spanish, so... Shut up, you racist. Hola, jeez. What is that, a VPN that steals all your data and mines crypto when you don't know? Yes, it is. Yep. All right, you're right. It actually is. (laughs) Today, I thought it would be cool to talk about the virus. We talk about the... We love the virus. This is the virus podcast, right? And the reason I decided to put this... This was good for the show is because it is related to cryptocurrency, even though it's not right now and it might not be in the future there is a solution to this virus that is in zero knowledge right and we've talked about zero knowledge proofs a million times over the podcast we talk about zcash we talk about horizon we talked about bitcoin private i don't actually know if they're still on zero knowledge proof proofs but we we talked about all of those things right and i came across so 
in this pandemic, we've been fed dumb information, good information, bad information, good information we don't agree with, bad information we do agree with. Like, it's all over the place. There's ridiculous documentaries. There's ridiculous conspiracy theories, like 5G is spreading the virus. And it is just very, very difficult to navigate these waters. And people are failing miserably. They are caving to the stress. They are looking for answers. They are increasing their cognitive dissonance. Everything. So it's been tough. But one of the best resources that I found, and you're going to recognize this resource from something else. N case, the letter N case, C-A-S-E dot me slash COVID-19. You'll remember back in the beginning of the podcast, Kareem, we went to this site when we were talking about game theory. There, they had this game that you could play where uh, the premise of the game was if you each put a coin into the machine, then you each get three coins back. If your opponent put a coin into the machine, you got three coins. And if they didn't, then you got nothing. And it was talking about how trust evolves and how cheating is the right play in the beginning, but in the end, those that cooperate will win. And it was a really cool step-by-step way to take you through that game and kind of understand the outcomes of game theory and how cheating can be the optimal play, but the wrong thing to do in aggregate. And Brent, that's basically what we would recognize as the tragedy of the commons, right? You know, in in some way, like it's worse. Everybody benefits from cheating short term, but they're all hurting each other long term. Right. So that was at nk.me slash trust. It was a really cool game. So before we even get into this, you should go check that out and just kind of learn a little bit on game theory. And again, it goes step by step through the process and they do a really good job. It's like a little web based game. It takes about 20, 30 minutes to go through. So I got this from a dubious source. One of the same people that shared the pandemic uh, stupid documentary sent me this thing. I almost ignored it, but I recognized the... Um, I recognize the URL and I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way that those guys that made that awesome game are the ones that are out here peddling conspiracy theories, right? (laughs) So it turns out they're not. So if you go to that site, I'm not going to go through the entire thing. So what it does is it takes you through step-by-step thought process on how the infection works. It starts off with like, you know, eventually very quickly 100% of people get infected with this infection rate. But it tells you why that's a wrong model. And then it goes to the next thing and gives you the next step in the model. And it is basically creating everything that's epidemiology. And they're showing you how they get to this curve that we're all noticed that we're all used to seeing. Right. And they so people are mostly on two sides of this argument. And they're on the side of you need to keep the government shut down, keep everything shut down or they're on open that shit up and get the herd immunity. They talk about both of those and they show why herd immunity may not even work. We don't know how long we're going to be (laughs) immune to this virus when we actually get it because we haven't had enough time to study that. It may be that once you reach herd immunity, it's only good for six months and it's not enough. So they go on on and on. And again, it's this is probably a 20 to 30 minute exercise if you go through the whole thing and really start to understand what the R naught is and the R because they're different and what this virus actually is doing and why it's doing it. But they finally say that the only real solution is contact tracing. Now, in the past, what is contact tracing? I get Ebola, whatever. 
So before I die, because I'm going to die because I got a bullet and everybody dies, I get to the doctor and they ask me, what have you been doing for the last few days? And they try to track down my movements as much as possible. And they go out to all those people that I said that I talked to or that I shook hands with or whatever, and they try to get them isolated too. That's what contact tracing is in the past and is still kind of right now. That's kind of what we're trying to deal with, but it's just not possible. Something like Ebola, you you just die before you can spread the damn thing and you get the symptoms pretty quickly when as far as being able to spread it. But with this thing, you most people aren't dying, but they're also spreading the thing without symptoms. So it's very, very um, it's in this like golden mean area where this virus is being very efficient at what it does. So that was a lot. Uh, feel free to stop me at any point if I'm going too crazy, but we're we're getting to the solution. here. So their solution and the solution now that I've personally come to kind of believe that we need to that we need to be working with is contact tracing. And we need to be very careful about how we do that contact tracing because you've heard the word and we know how it used to be handled, but we have smartphones. Everybody on the planet has a damn smartphone. So we can think, okay, we'll just start monitoring where everybody's moving. And then when they get sick, we'll know exactly who they, who they touched and what they did. You guys see any problem with that? Uh, it's going to be pretty tough. Or if we're just doing it, there's going to be a database where it could be hacked. We could use it when it shouldn't be used. Like the Patriot Act, like, Stopping terrorism sounds like a great idea. Yeah, let's stop terrorists from going on planes. And but like, let's monitor terrorists goes from let's right. monitor terrorists to like let's go check in on my girlfriend pretty quickly, right? Right, right. So the American people, especially, are are very against any personal freedom infringement. They're out there protesting because they can't go outside, right? They they're protesting the fact that they can't go outside by going outside, and. <laughs> The end result is we need a 60% number of people to adopt this solution in order to make it work. If we can't get to 61% people doing it and using it, it it won't actually stop the virus. But if we do get there, if we do get to that number, the virus will basically be eliminated is basically their uh, their mathematics here. So how do we get 60% of people to be okay knowing where 100% of their movement is? That's where zero knowledge comes in. So there's a couple of these contract tracing apps, contact tracing. Jeez, that's a tongue, tongue twister <laughs> that are being developed. There's one that's being developed by the WHO. Anybody see a problem with that? Uh, yeah, they did terrible. Yeah. And, you know, China. So like the, the WHO is a world organization, which means that they are beholden to the powers that are the biggest in the world. Right. They're not like controlled by China like you would like a lot of people would have you believe. But they need to play nice with China, right? Heavily influenced by China. This is a slippery slope for sure. As they would be heavily influenced by the United States as well if they were doing something against what the United States wanted. If they were recognizing Puerto Rico as its own country or something like that, and the United States said, yo, what are you doing? They're U.S. territory. They would probably back off, which is what is happening with Taiwan. The WHO, you know, the big thing where the WHO is kind of kowtowing, kowtowing, whatever that word is, kneeling to China is where they won't recognize Taiwan as their own response unit when it comes to COVID-19. In fact, the guy who was asked about it, he he pretended like he didn't hear the question when the reporter asked him about what he thought about Taiwan's response. And he's like, oh, oh, I didn't hear you. You broke up. (laughs) 
<laughs> she asked again, and he hung up on her. And and she had the like recording of the video. So then she called him back and was like, "Hey, you hung up on me. I, I asked this question." And he's like, "Yeah, we're not talking about that. Anyway, keep going." And it was it was hilarious the 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 hoops that he jumped through. So you you have the U.S., which is at least a little bit respectful of privacy in some cases if you're comparing them to china but china doesn't have that respect in any case right so they're they're going to be interested in a contact tracing app that also gives them other tangential benefits so the who is coming out with one but also there's another company that's coming out with one and this company is called dp3t labs and google has actually and I believe Apple have both said this is the contract contact tracing app that we want. Hmm. So what does DP3T stand for? It stands for decentralized privacy preserving proximity tracing. Ooh. Oh, of course. So they've got the buzz. They got decentralized in there. So I don't think it really fits the the decentralized term yet, but. I want to walk you through how this one works, and then I want to talk about possible crypto solutions and what it would look like in the future. So the way it works, basically, and and cryptologists are getting involved in this, but your phone is going to be broadcasting a series of letters and numbers. It's going to look like a wallet, like just a random string, right? And it's going to broadcast that to every phone that it comes within Bluetooth range of. So when you are walking around, everybody with their Bluetooth on is going to be getting pinged by you. They have no idea that they're getting pinged by you, but their phones are now storing that they got pinged by what is essentially your address. You're going about your business. You're going about your business. All of a sudden, you start to get a cough, and you're like, oh, shit, it might be the Rona. So you go to the doctor. So first things first, your phone now is pinging the hospital, letting it know that you're there. You get to the doctor, and the doctor t- does your test, and you test positive for coronavirus. Shit, right? Well, what the doctor also does is he takes your contact tracing app, he puts in a one-time password, and that's it. He gives it back to you. So what your phone now does is send out an alert to the database, wherever they're keeping this database. This is the part that doesn't feel decentralized. Sends it to the database of this string is now positive. That's all the database stores is positive COVID-19 strings for 14 days. Hmm. So your phone broadcasts your string constantly to only Bluetooth. It uploads only if you've been put, the one-time passcode has been put in by a doctor and now it sends it to the database. Your phone is also constantly checking the database against all of the pings that it's received. So if you end up with a certain amount of contacts, of people who ended up being diagnosed with COVID, which I believe was 30 total minutes of contacting with those people, you now get an alert that says you need to self-quarantine and get tested immediately because it be- you've had enough contact to probably contract the virus. I, I think this is, sorry, I just think this no, is kind of, it's kind of unnerving, but also this makes a ton of sense. Like, I have friends who are just like, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go hang with this girl. I'm going to like, and like, oh, I'm flying to somewhere to see my mom or whatever. Like, it's just, it's just like kind of, okay, cool. That's great. Now let's contact trace and make, make sure that everyone that you have now touched, like, you know, it just, 
it's just like kind of ridiculous right now. We all think that, you know, oh, a mask is fine. Or, well, really, we should be wearing gloves. We should be wearing masks. We should have all these things. Like, hey, when you're paying with your with your credit card and you have to type in to a square, there's thing. Or, or what about your smartphone? Like, there's fingerprints on there. You know, tons of germs. There's germs everywhere. We think that we are doing a great job, but we could be doing a way better job. And we're just not being as maybe vigilant as we should be, even though I do think that we still, even though social distancing has done a great job personally, I think we would, it would be a far worse situation if we hadn't have social distance. However, we need stuff like this. So we just need to be realistic. Yeah. It's going to be alarming when you get like a Amber alert or something saying, Hey, you need to get yourself tested. You may have COVID, but it's just necessary at this point. I think. Adam, I feel like I I agree with a lot of the things you said. I'm wondering, though, do you not think that this social distancing is the greatest theft of personal liberties in the history of this country? Because, <laughs> I mean, put aside slavery and Japanese internment and Jim Crow and right, right. You know, the incarceration of millions of minorities, all that aside, come on, man, making people stay home is huge violation of everybody's liberties. I, I mean... From, from Adam's face, I could see that he does not think I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, no, I've been hearing that. I'm kind of like <laughs> on the, I get what you're saying, but I just feel like for this circumstance and the way that it looked, I think everyone is greatly result oriented. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's my liberty. They're being violated. And it's like, sure, maybe. But literally no one was actually going to cuff you for leaving your house you can leave your house if you really wanted to la is on lockdown no no cops in the street saying hey stay inside you know like you can do what you want if you really want to do it however i still just think it's like i mean i just don't understand like like yeah sure but on like a human level we like the amount of germs and like if we're like okay if i was able to go to a music festival tomorrow like that would just be absurd Yeah, you wouldn't do it, but people would do it if they could. So it's like, yeah, maybe our liberties are being violated to an extent, but there are too many dumb people out there. I honestly feel like there's or too many people who maybe maybe not dumb, but they just have to do the things that they love to do. And they can't they don't like that. They're, you know, they're protesting outside of gyms saying, hey, we want to go inside gyms like Gyms are not like a great place. There's tons of germs there. There's all these things. Like, I think that we just need to be vigilant about this for a certain period of time. Obviously, it would be, it's bad. Maybe it's bad for the government or for the economy. And there are certain things. But I mean, look at how China kind of re- did this. Like, they were very vigilant about it at some point and they're kind of reopening and. I just don't really see like, like, yes, but I think that this was a a necessary thing to do for a certain amount of time. Look, to be clear, Adam, I'm definitely, I'm definitely being facetious there. I I agree with your position. And I think it comes down to two things. One, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but there's a strain of libertarianism in the U.S. that goes too far, in my opinion, that is not just about personal liberties, but it's almost the belief that like, Anything that doesn't allow you to do whatever the hell you want to do, regardless of the pain and damage that it causes, is like the biggest affront in in history, right? So any regulation, any law, any request of any kind that says you're not the only person in the universe 
uh, is just has to be burnt down. I don't agree with that, number one. And number two, as far as the actual pandemic and quarantine, you know, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day, and it feels like it's not just about asking people to stay home. It's also about the fact that people don't trust institutions. So like they don't trust that the government has the best interest. They also don't trust the scientists. They don't trust the WHO. They don't trust the CDC. So like, you know, it's kind of like vaccines. We had vaccines and it's not like hundreds of thousands of people were terrified about vaccines and didn't want them in their body because when scientists and doctors said, hey, listen, this is the best we could possibly do right now. This is fantastic. Most people trusted those scientists and therefore most people kind of listened to the advice. One of the problems we have today is that people don't trust, right? Like they're, like Brent said at the beginning, there's this like opposition of information where a huge percentage of people feel that every pharmaceutical, every governmental and non-governmental institution, basically that they're all lying to you and don't care about you. So then why would people make any kind of sacrifice if they don't even believe that the sacrifice is necessary or worthwhile, right? That's a problem. Right. And they're not wrong. The right. government has lied to you, even in this pandemic. They, even the people that I actually think are not stupid, like, uh, like a Fauci, for instance, specifically got on board with this weird lie where they wanted to tell everybody that masks didn't do anything. And right. I guess it's not weird. So what happened is in the U.S., we were going to because we had no pandemic response unit anymore because it was closed for whatever reason. Uh, we didn't have enough PPE in the event of a pandemic. We didn't have a stockpile. We didn't put that stuff anywhere. So we were going to run out of it really quickly. And Americans have a tendency to be like hoarders and preppers for this kind of thing. So what they did was instead of saying, hey, guys, please don't hold too many of these masks. We need them for the doctors. They said, guys, don't be stupid. Those masks don't do anything anyways. Please leave them for the doctors that need them. And that was the narrative. They were like, the masks don't do, you don't need them. They're, they don't do anything. There's even narratives out there. And I don't know if they're propagated by the government or not, that it was worse to have a mask on because you would be more likely to like touch your face to scratch it right. or something like that. Oh, no, because the virus stays in the, in the thing and you can breathe it back in was also one of the reasons that I heard. Right. So then you look at the math now and the science and it shows the, ma the masks clearly have an effect of stopping you from spreading it to somebody else if you're carrying it and don't know it. And all of the countries that have ubiquitous mask use are in much better shape than we are. But they already told the lie like two months ago. So now people are just like, one, the people who will just believe them no matter what, just take their first thing. And they're like, well, masks are dumb. That's what I already learned. And then the people who are like, what do you mean? Now you're telling me that masks are okay? Like, so when, when were you lying? Were you lying then? Were you lying now? I don't trust you. Like, they've kind of fostered this spot where it's hard to trust. I yeah. think this is kind of a deeper issue with just the fact that the system, I would agree that the system seems to be broken. Just whatever systems so, that we have made, like maybe even it's democracy, maybe what capitalism, I don't know. Something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. However, right now is not the time to be we like maybe after this or something. Something is definitely wrong. And it could also be there's so much misinformation out there that like even Trump's advisors are somehow getting like, honestly, I'm, Trump's I, advisors are garbage. Adam. <laughs> yeah, I think. of Yeah, exactly. I think of keto and veganism. You know, I think there were, for years there were I started seeing a lot of stuff about keto. 
and like, okay, this seems like this is actually the, the truth. And then all of a sudden there was a push for veganism. That's like, no, 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 this is the truth. And it's like, Guys, what the fuck is going on? Why is there so why can't we just agree on something? Why does there have to be a fight all the yeah. time? And it just seems like there's something, maybe it's with the information algorithms, I don't know, that is just making so much misinformation out there and having us go every which way and it's hard to discern. Well, look, I mean, multiple things there, right? Number one is this was going to happen when we were going to get a proliferation of information. We have more access to information than ever before. And it's easier to create false information than it is to create accurate information. So there, the growth of information was always going to be asymmetric, right? It's just very easy for false information to be created. And it's hard to navigate. And it's hard to like, and, you know, like with health science, at least there's a lot of scientific discrepancy, right? There's actually arguments, but a lot of the failures here are political, right? Because it's like Brent saying, they did know that the masks were good, but a political decision was made to lie to the public to continue to damage trust to achieve some short-term goals. And, you know, it's kind of... And I don't even know that I disagree with them on that. Like, if you had told Americans masks are good for you, they may never have gotten enough for the hospitals. I That's a tough position to be in. It's one. I of mean, the it is I actually... unless you use the political power to manufacture masks, right? If, if right. like... The the government does have that power and they didn't want to use it. And there are like, let's be real. There are all kinds of stories coming out now about how the people in power were using this crisis to enrich themselves, right? Like we specifically turned down testing from the WHO so that we could develop our own. We specifically only gave permission to certain people to develop and certain patents. They even tried to give like an exclusivity thing until everybody blew up. But you know, Essentially, this has been seen as an op. Like, I agree with you, Adam. The system is dysfunctional, and we see it in many ways. And I know this sounds kind of like a stretch because now we're talking about coronavirus, but it's kind of like when Trump came into the picture of 2016 and his strategy was basically anything I don't like is fake news, right? Well, to most like intelligent, objective observers, he's obviously lying. It's not all fake news, and a bunch of it is just what he doesn't like. However, the population wouldn't have been receptive to the message that it's all fake news if they didn't already mistrust the media, right? If you just go right. to a 1945 or 1950s America and you just say, hey, all the news is fake, they're all going to look at you like, what are you talking about? That's not true. We trust our, you know what I mean? Like people trusted Walter Conkright or Buckley or R. Murrow or whatever. They're not saying that it was perfect, but the message is receptive when people already don't trust. And here- all these conspiracy theories and misinformation. You know what? How can people believe something as ridiculous as like 5G causes Corona, <laughs> right? But it's because they, they if, if you don't know what to believe and everyone's a liar, then you're susceptible to almost any narrative that kind of makes sense. Right. So trustless, to bring this back to crypto, trustless is an important factor in this. Like when we talk about cryptocurrency systems and we talk mm-hmm. about the governance on the on chain and we talk about all of those things, the reason trustless is the most important thing to me is because it's so difficult to foster trust if you can't verify. So going back to this contact tracing app, the code's open source. Anybody with the code can develop an app with it and go ahead and use it. And all of the developers in the world can take a look at this and make sure that they're not storing your data anywhere. Now, this is kind of a an ASIC almost. It's like a one thing. It's just trying to get to find out who you've come into contact with I actually see a different future here where this improves 
and goes all the way to zero knowledge, maybe even using a blockchain for storage. And I see a world where the libertarians who believe that their rights are being violated if they're told that they can't go outside, that is on par with slavery, can do what they want to do. And those of us that want to be careful can also do what we want to do. We can open the country right back up and you can make your own decisions as to what you want to do. And here's how it works, basically. With the zero knowledge, you can program a few different things in here that are zero knowledge, at least in my understanding of zero knowledge, right? So let's say we program the amount of time that you've had the app active and running as one thing. You program the number of people you've come into contact with giving you a percentage chance of getting the virus. So they've decided that 30 minutes is it, but that's a slider. We can slide that whatever way we want. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe anybody who's had any contact with anybody, we don't want that to happen. We can also put another slider for how many times have they been in a medical facility. So we know that when they go into a hospital, they're pinging the hospital's Bluetooth devices. So have they been even checked in the last month, two months, three months? And now I'm a business and I want to open and I want to make sure that I have the ability to have big events. I want to have conferences. I want to have people into my stadium. What am I going to do to make sure all those people don't get the coronavirus and they show up and they trust that I am running things right in my stadium? All I have to do is publicly say that my contact tracing scanner at the door will be required. You must scan your contact tracing app to come into Raymond James Stadium. And when you scan it, it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to go green or it's going to go red. If it goes red, you get a refund for your ticket. You come back next time. If it goes green, welcome aboard. And I publish, I tell people, these are my criteria for letting people in. I don't know why your app turns red when I scan it. I don't know when you were exposed. I don't know how long you've had the app. I don't know which of those criteria you don't fit. I just know I have my criteria for letting people into my business. And I've scanned and you've hit red. It's time to go. I've seen this when I've gone ziplining to an extent. Uh, I'm a fat ass, right? So ziplines have a maximum weight. And it's one of those things where I don't really want to mess with that. Like if they say 265 pounds is our max and I'm 268, like I'm not going to push it. I'm out. I'm fine. But what they do because people are sensitive about their weight is they don't actually know what you weigh. They program what their weight tolerance is. You step on a scale, you get green or red. That's it. They don't know if you weigh 258, if you're one pound over, three pounds over, 100 pounds over. They have no idea. You get on the thing, they weigh everybody. If it's green, you're good to go on the zip line. If it's not, sorry, bro, next time. So a business can just do that. They can just say, we scan the contact tracing at the door. If you'd like to participate in our business, you have to scan the tracing app and all of our employees will scan the tracing app as well. So that means that 100% of their employees, if they were to have the virus, would be pinging you and telling you that you need to self-quarantine. Now, let's say you're on the other side. So that would mean that if I wanted to go to a football game and I scanned my contact tracing, I know that everybody who got in that door had that same app scanned and went to the same green. And I am also getting a green or a red from the stadium itself. So maybe they don't even have to publish. They could say this is what our settings are, but I don't know that they actually have those as settings. But I can say I only want to be let into buildings that have these settings. And then I scan. So they get a green, I'm good to go based on their criteria. I get a green that I'm good to go based on their criteria. So I can go in if they are being strict enough. Or 
if you're on the other side of that coin, if you are completely libertarian, don't touch my rights, you don't get to look at me no matter what, even with zero, zero knowledge. I don't want to know any of this. I want to get my hair cut. That's fine. A business can publicize. We are not scanning at the door. Feel free to come to our business. And I can easily make the decision. Now, right now, I don't know if businesses are like asking people to wear masks. I don't know if they're asking them to wear gloves. I don't know if they're like enforcing social distancing in the restaurants. Some places are acting like just business as usual. They're open. Go get a sub. Sit down and eat it next to your friends. Some places are specifically keeping you apart. Planes will say, oh, we're not selling the middle seat. And then they'll sell it anyway. You know, it's stuff like that where I can't trust that my fellow Americans (laughs) are doing what they should be doing. I can't trust that my fellow businesses are doing what they should be doing. I can't trust any of that. So I need a way to navigate this world in a trustless way. So if this is developed in a zero knowledge proof and those things are put out there, but my personal belief is none of this matters. It's an overblown flu. This is bullshit. Okay, I can go to the country bar down the street. They're not scanning. Everybody's in free for all. I think we're going to find real quickly that those people end up getting more viruses. But if they want to take that risk, let them. As long as I have a way to know that the people I'm coming into contact with are not taking that risk, I am totally fine letting them take that risk. Dude, and as a quick side note, this is going to be like a field day for people who are doing epidemiological research because the United States being what it is and with different states like being able to open and have different rules, we're going to see like we're going to see which states are going to spike, which ones aren't, you know, like it's going to be pretty clear. It just doesn't happen instantly. So that's the problem. People are not thinking long term in these situations. So we'll see. I happen to think that playing poker just really teaches you well how to deal with this stuff. You know, just deal with the fact that just because something didn't happen today doesn't mean it's not going to happen in a month. And like we just you just need to be a little more patient because you will see certain results like Georgia, maybe in a couple of weeks. I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> California will be fine because they're on we're on lockdown until July 15th. Now, I don't really know. It's just like we just need to be a little more patient and think a little bit more for the future. All I can say is I hope DP3T is coming out with the app that I'm envisioning, because if I understand zero knowledge properly with those three criteria and what they're developing, it's possible. And maybe even Horizon is listening. You guys get going on that. (laughs) If that is the case, it solves everything. Now, we still need 61% adoption rate in order to solve the virus. But I know a lot of people are, they're chirping. A lot of people are going out and they're protesting. But even the less smart people that I kind of know on this, or the most extreme people I kind of know on this, if you can convince them and show them that this, and some of them will just, I've already run into this when I'm talking to people about this. They'll just say, no, that's, there's no way that it isn't being stored somewhere. And they don't even care to look into it. Or th- they just think that every developer on the entire planet is going to lie to them and tell them that it is when it isn't, right? But if you're one of those people and you're only going to places where only the people who are like more likely to contract the virus are going to show up, you might just change your mind. You might just think, you know what? I might as well just have this app and go. Right. The risk and, is more real and direct, you know? Yeah. Or you can go one step further and literally you can, the government could say, 
you get another $600 stimulus check if you've scanned this app all year, whatever the case. Like, they could even do that. So there could be an incentive behind everyone having the application. Because it's tough to get 61% of a population. I don't even know if that many people have Facebook. And Facebook's as ubiquitous as it gets. Yeah, you know, and just that real last comment you made, Brent, makes me think about, like, one of the things that we really like about blockchain, and we've talked about this, is the ability to create trustless systems, right? Where you are Mm -hmm. not relying on somebody else. But talking about these topics of like people who don't trust either an institution or a system, I just realized like we can make it super, super clear cut, 100% like trustless, but there are still going to be people that don't understand the underlying technology and therefore don't trust. Like you could break down kind of like we can do with Bitcoin, right? Like we can prove, quote unquote, that Bitcoin is unforgeable. You couldn't, here's how it works. You can't, you can't manipulate it. But if somebody doesn't want to learn that underlying uh, reality, they could still refuse to believe it. And it's kind of sad. Like, I do think we're going to make a lot of progress by creating permissionless systems that the majority of the population will trust once they understand. But I'm starting to believe like, hey, if it's 2020 and we still have flat earthers, right? We've sent uh, you know, space shuttles essentially to opposite sides of the solar system. We've gotten to comets. We've gotten to planets. We basically have satellites all over the place. And there are still people who think, no, nah, maybe it's flat. So that means that it's like no amount of evidence or no amount of essentially anything is, is enough for a certain section of the population. It might be like a human trait. I know? don't think it's that big of a per- percentage, though. But I agree with you that no amount will matter. People will just make their decisions, snap, make them, and that's it. So that's why you require... The incentives, if they're aligned properly, those people don't get to make those decisions anymore. If you tell businesses that if they you could even do it this way, you could say if you're a business and you open and you don't scan contact tracing app at the door with the federally minimum minimum mandated requirements, you are open to litigation for anybody who contracts COVID-19 at your facility. Yeah, you, you know, there's no easier way to get every business to have it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but okay, you guys know it's it's going to go the opposite direction, right? Like, for example, right now, right, one of the primary goals of the Republican Party going into this new stimulus bill is to make sure that there is liability protection for businesses from from yeah. employers and from I mean from employees and customers, right? And honestly, so right now, it's hard to like I, I don't know how much I disagree with that. I, I think it's, it's bad because there's going to be businesses that are egregious, but it's very difficult to with something this infectious to put blame on a business when the government tells them they can open. Right. So here's actually, you know, not to get too conspiratorial or anything, but I want to. I've seen this possible worst interpretation. The charitable interpretation of what's happening is some people truly believe that it, the best thing to do right now is to just reopen everything. I would I would make the argument, as both of you pointed out, the scientists are telling us that uh, social distancing is ideal. Number two, even if you reopen everything, the economy is not going back to normal because a lot of people are going to change their behavior, right? Like if like right I'm now, not going to a football game. Yeah, exactly. We, and there's a lot of places we <laughs> could go right now, but we just we're not going to. Right. That's number one. But if the government officially says we are no longer closed, then any business that is closed is closed by choice and they can no longer claim that they were forced into closing and therefore they're no longer eligible for any kind of financial aid and by the same token imagine if you're an employee 
and you're being, especially if you're like a person who makes wage, like tips, right? Let, let's not just talk about people who make normal money. Let's say you make tips, which is less than minimum wage. And now because the government is no longer saying that we have to be closed, your business says, hey, we're going to open. And even though you're going to have much less customers, you're mandated by your employer to come or then you're basically walking out on your job. You're not eligible for unemployment. Yep. But now they're also going to make it impossible for you to sue your employer because we're saying like, hey, it's not really your employer's fault if you get the virus, which in a way is true, but also we're funneling people into being screwed. Right. So how do you solve that? This is how you solve it. You literally tell every business, employees and customers scan at the door, federal mandated minimums, if we find out that somebody was at your or that you didn't do that at your facility and a bunch of people got sick, you are open to litigation. And but the, but they're the incentives are not aligned. I, they're not necessarily trying to save as many lives as they can or right. they're trying to save the economy the best that they can, which the nuance is there. If we were having more principled people having this argument like like Elon, Elon Musk is on a side of this argument that I do not agree with. And I don't necessarily think that he has principles necessarily, but I know he's smart. So if he were to say to me, the country needs to be open, let's do this. Here's why I would actually listen to what he has to say. And I would try to maybe figure out what the nuance was. If Nassim Taleb told me the same thing from, you know, the black Swan book or anti-fragile and those things, I would listen to him and I would try to figure out where his nuance was and maybe even have a chance of changing my mind. But that's not happening. What's happening is somebody who can barely form sentences is saying we need to get the economy back open because that's all, all he cares about is his scoreboard. So there isn't any nuance there and it's very difficult to navigate the waters when I know in four or five years we're going to have all kinds of papers written on this thing. And we may even know the value of each human life compared to the economy dropping. We may know that in the end, but there is just no way to know it now, which means we have to err. We should. We don't have to. We should err on the side of saving lives. So there's also the thought that people will die because of the depression, uh, which is not necessarily that wasn't proven. Like the 1920s depression didn't necessarily cause deaths, but we didn't have good data then. So we just have like anecdotal evidence of like people starving and dying or whatever. But the people who make that argument never take into account the lives saved. The number of people that haven't been hit by cars or been in car accidents and died. The number of people that haven't been in a homicide. Miami has went like a record number of days without having a homicide that it hasn't done since like the 60s. <laughs> um, it's stuff like that. So it's really hard to say like, well, people are going to die anyway if we let the economy tank. Or, well, you know, people are going to die because they're going to starve or whatever. It's hard to say that and also not do the lives trade off in the other way. What we know for a fact is that people will die if they get the virus. That's definitely true. And this is this is definitely an interesting. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm really I like this contact tracing. I never I didn't understand it until uh, or I had never bothered to learn what it was. I saw you talking about it on uh, some social media, Brent. But now that I understand what it is, I definitely am for it. And I hope that it is. Mm -hmm utilized and, and implemented my mission to listeners if you we, we've never really given you a mission or anything like that but rather than telling people they're idiots which they may be for having a bad stance on this virus 
I would scream this contact tracing from the rooftops if you understand it. And nk's.me will give you a really easy way to understand that slash COVID-19. But just please, there isn't a side of the aisle other than I don't believe you that there's no database. If they're willing to at least believe that there isn't a database being held with your personal information, they can get past that. Both the everything should be open today crowd and the everything should be closed and doors should be welded shut crowd should agree that this is the way to go. And spread that rather than continuing to argue your side. That's what I'll, that's all I'm asking. So uh, any other closing thoughts on this uh, pandemic, gentlemen, uh, or the solution to it? I feel like I just kind of gave my closing thoughts. I just hope that this is utilized and done in a proper manner. Like Google doesn't just hold on to all the information and start using it in a sinister way. Exactly. Kareem? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think everything that we had to say has been said. I mean, it's, um, we're going to see how this plays out. I like the idea of the app. I think it's, uh, it's an interesting concept. And I think something like this will be implemented in the future. And I think that it gives us a glimpse into how we can deal with problems like this in the future. Um, as far as... Right, once it's adopted, every virus, you just turn it on. Right, right, exactly. So it's, it's a lot of potential of what kinds of things we could do. Of course, as far as the present is concerned, I'm pretty convinced that we don't have the social flexibility or the political interest in making something like this a reality. Hopefully, Apple and Google will just do it for us because they have the ability to push that to the operating system. I understand people will be like, they can't force this on me. Fine. Shut your phone down. Get something that's not Apple or Google. Go get a Windows phone or something. But I would love if even just for the time being for Apple and Google to force that in an update that they require all phones to have. Like you want to still use an iOS device, this is pushing to your your app. No questions asked. You want to keep using... Uh, an Android device, this is pushing, no questions asked. You don't want to use the contact trace, shut off your Bluetooth, whatever, but it's going to be on your phone. Radical, radical precision from the crypto chef. Yeah. All right. So listen, we're not financial advisors. We're not health experts or anything like that. We are navigating this pandemic just as you are, and we would like it to be over, but know that it isn't. So please reach out to us with any questions. Remember, if you're interested in Flagship Friday, CryptoBasicPodcast.com slash newsletter. That newsletter will go out every Friday that is, or ish, depending. I get lazy sometimes. I, I, I can't help it. That will have our news snippets, our bullish or bullshit segments, our stuff like that. So subscribe there. Check us out. CryptoBasicPodcast.com slash Patreon. Some new rewards coming to Patreon members, but the coolest reward is you get a little non-fungible token that shows that you support the podcast. And we'll see everybody on the next episode. Sign up. See ya.